from the Xfinity Studios at WVON. We're your original social media. The Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. WVON family, and thank you for tuning us in on your Sunday. And it's not a bad Sunday at uh, that. This is WVON 1690 AM, the talk and the top of Chicago. And I am Chinka Stralsberg, producer and host of the On the Case. That's the name of our show. My co-host is the one and only Ken Hunley, publisher of 316 Magazine. I am editor-in-chief of that 10-year-old gospel magazine that is in more than 1,000 African-American churches. And guess what? We're still growing with your help. Good, mo- good afternoon, Kent. Good afternoon, Shanta. And you forgot to mention that Dr. Sowell is on the cover of 316 Magazine this month. I haven't gotten to that, but you can do that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, once again, Dr. Sowell is on the cover of 316 Magazine for the November issue. And she is a sponsor. Okay, so um, WVON's call number is 312-374-8130, and your comments and questions are always welcome. Kent and I thank our sponsor, Dr. Zenobia Sowell, located at 1122 North Clark Street, where she has been for several decades, more than 20 years. Dr. Sowell has the latest dental equipment, but more important, Dr. Sowell, who is my dentist, doesn't hurt you. And that's very important. I was just there last week. She didn't hurt me, and she had, and I had laser surgery. Didn't feel a thing. Now, to make an appointment, call 312-944-9355. Again, that number is 312-944-9355. Now, the noose is getting tighter around Trump's neck when Jennifer Williams, Vice President Pence's special advisor for Europe and Russia, told investigators she'd listen in on Trump's July 25th infamous phone call with Ukrainian President Zelensky and called his remarks, quote, unusual, quote, inappropriate, and, quote, politically motivated. Will Trump be impeached? Hmm, stay tuned. 
Congratulations to Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards for winning re-election. Trump had tried to use his political muster to give his political, his Republican candidate, a victory. Well, Governor Edwards is the only Democratic governor in the Deep South. Can you believe that? Wow. Turn blue. Congratulations a lot to Father Michael Flager for successful gun turn-in campaign he held yesterday. He took in 335 guns yesterday. And uh, 9.30 a.m. Saturday, November 23rd, and Saturday, November 30th, Reverend Jackson and his staff will broadcast live from the New Covenant Missionary Baptist Church that's located at 754 East 77th Street. That's headed by Reverend John Thurston. And on Monday at 11.30 a.m., Reverend Jackson is holding a press conference at the Rainbow Push Coalition headquarters, 930 East 50th Street, before sending off a truckload of care packages for the Bahamian victims of Hurricane Dorian. Yes, they are still homeless. Yes, they are still in need. The holidays are coming. So stay tuned for more collections, special collections for, the, for those people. Those are our people over there, and they are in need. We still ask the Chicago Public Schools in Chicago and through the state of Illinois to obey the 1995 law that mandates the teaching of African-American history. Chicago Public Schools and all public schools throughout Illinois, are they are violating the law by not teaching our history. It's the law. Now, if you don't want to cook for Thanksgiving or you know someone who is homeless, come to the Rainbow Push Coalition Thursday, November 28th. That's Thanksgiving Day. From 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., yes, I have to work that day, for a free hot, full-course meal. So join me on Thanksgiving Day at Rainbow Push. And um, Ken Hundley, you have a guest. Can you introduce him? My guest today is <laughs> Reverend Jesse Lee, and he's the um, pastor of um, New Shiloh. Greater. Greater Shiloh, a Baptist church located at 5115 South State Street, and that's in Chicago, Illinois. And... And so what is his announcement? Well, well, Pastor, I, I want Pastor to announce to our listeners, on the case listeners, how long he's been at um, Greater Shiloh Baptist Church and um, what he's planning on doing while he's there. Yeah, uh, I've been there. We'll be in January, it'll be three years that I'll be pastoring at Greater Shiloh Baptist Church. Uh, we've uh, did a lot of uh, homeless uh, feeding, clothes giveaways uh, since I've been there. Um, uh, outreaches, uh, just trying to let people know that we're there and uh, what it is that we do have available for them. Um, also, you know, I'm right next door to a great church, Greater Harvest, and uh, they help me in any kind of endeavor that I need and the plans for the future. Uh, we have a building right next door that I'm trying to reach out uh, to get. I uh, would love to turn that building into like a soup kitchen where that we will be able to do soup and uh, uh, chili, coffee, tea for uh, people to come through during the day when it's cold and get something to help warm them up. So, Pastor Lee, what type of support do you need to get that uh, soup kitchen uh, well, up and running? First off, I need to get the building. Um, okay. Uh, talk to the guy that owned it. And, of course, you know, he's holding on to it because it's prime land. And so I'm talking to the Aldermans and different ones to see if they can, you know, just get him to kind of donate the building to us. And from that place, we'll move on to the plans of that uh, soup kitchen. And so where is this building? No, this building is right next door to my church. Talking to Mike. At 51, the building is right next door to my church, which I'm at 5115 South State. So that would have to be like 5110 uh, South on State Street. 
uh, and uh, uh, just trying to get get that building itself. It's been sitting there. Uh, used to be a currency exchange, so it's been there uh, for a long time and have not been in use for at least the last 10, 12 years. Is that the third ward? Uh, fourth ward. Fourth ward, okay. Yes. All right, so the, you're in touch with uh, Alderman King. Mm, Dow. But Dow's the third oh, ward. third ward, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Alderman it's the third Dow. ward? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, she should be able to help you. Why not ask for one of those vacant uh, schools that they're paying a million dollars a year just to keep the lights on? Well, that would be a good idea, but uh, again, I, I wanted to start uh, with something that was right near the church mm-hmm. so that as we would uh, redo the building itself, uh wouldn't be a lot of people saying that uh, I bit off more than I could chew, and so I wanted to do something to start and then grow it as it gets started. So I figured since that building was there, was vacant, uh, nobody was using it, it would be it's an eyesore in the community, and it would be something to help upgrade the community as well as to be a benefit for the people that don't have any place to eat or to change clothes. Sounds like a great plan, Pastor Lee, you know, especially for the community that's in need. I, um, you also had a Friends and Family Day um, yesterday. No, uh, last, last Sunday. Last Sunday. Last last Sunday. Sunday. Yes, I had family and friends day on last Sunday. Uh, I had uh, Pastor uh, Elder Thomas from next door as our speaker came in, had a crowd, people <laughs> came by. Uh, friends to just celebrate with us on a family and friends day saying to a uh, family and friends uh, just what I just said to you uh, about the building next door that we could be able to take funds from different uh, uh, services that we have uh, to utilize into that community to do some things to help uh, the homeless and the needed. Okay well I, I just want the listeners uh, to understand that in the future we're going to do a write-up and a follow-up on um, Pastor Lee's progress in obtaining that property. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate it. But exactly what are you going to put in the building? Well, in the building, I would like, uh, once I get in there, to see what it really needs. Uh, I don't think the building is uh, that bad. So to put in the building would have to be uh, like stoves um, uh, to be able to cook the soup and and the uh, chili, uh, cough pots, uh, things like that, so you can make cough on a regular basis. We'd like to uh, put in a shower uh, sometime where people uh, uh, that's homeless, they feel better when they're clean. So if you can put in a shower and get some clean clothes and towels, get some blankets so that when they come through, shower, change, uh, give them a clean blanket. If, even if you don't have anywhere for them to stay, they feel better when they're clean and they're full. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. It is. And there are a lot of homeless. Uh, there used to be a homeless shelter in the Third Ward. I don't know if it's still there. It, it was, and, and, and now even today on my way here, uh, I passed uh, right under the uh, uh, Vidoc on 51st Street going to Wentworth. Uh, mm-hmm. They got homeless under the Vidoc right there. And so just to be able to do something to show them that we care uh, and that we want to do something to help them, it, it means a lot. Even sometimes we do food, uh, we, we take food even over to the police station on 51st so they have food over there for them to be able to eat. You know, last Thanksgiving, Reverend Jackson, uh, you know, he has his dinner at Rainbow Push every every Thanksgiving, but he also took a whole bunch of dinners, hot dinners, to Tent City. I had never heard of Tent City before. I was so shocked when I saw these uh, homeless people had actually set up a Tent City along the expressway. I guess that's the Eisenhower Expressway. Yeah, and it was just my heart. And children were there, too. Yeah. Um, they were so grateful to get these meals. It was, yeah. and we're in America, and then you can look across the expressway and you see millionaires are living over there. Yes. 
and uh, not only not only just just that there, there's homeless almost in every community that you pass through. Uh, you can come up on the expressway on any given street where you exit the expressway. There's somebody there that's homeless or helpless, uh, that is down as they say on their luck or something. And so we can't help everybody, but if you can just start off by helping one. Uh, and then that accumulates that somebody else helped one. Somebody said to me once, said, Lee, you can't help everybody, but you can help one somebody. Mm-hmm. So if you can help one somebody and then somebody else help one somebody, if everybody helps somebody, then we'll be able to cut down on the homeless and the hunger in this city. Yeah, to change our community. And also, you know what I, I hate to see sometimes, uh, Pastor Lee and Shanta, when I'm about in the community, I hate to see um, people treating their uh, pets and, you know, better than any human being, you yes. know, themselves, seriously. And you uh, drive by, you see someone ask for money or help, people just drive by and just care more about their animals than they do uh, another, you know, person. Yeah. yeah they are, like That's I said. always the case. Yeah. yeah. You know how many millions of dollars we spent saving whales and yes. and other animals stuck in the water somewhere. Right. Yeah. But we cannot build SROs, single-room occupancy, for the homeless, and I think yeah. that would that would be one solution. But in those SROs, there should be wraparound services so that you can not just give them a fish, but teach them how to teach fish for the rest of their lives. Right. Yeah. And 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 you know, sometimes people uh, uh, don't want to help because uh, you know they want to they go to talking about why people are where they are. Uh, my whole concern is not where they are or how they got there, but where they are now and try to do something to help them now. And as you said, teach them how to fish uh, so they can feed themselves for a lifetime. Uh, but you got to start somewhere. And right. so you just start where you can. And uh, like I said, I love what Reverend Jackson is doing, and not only Reverend Jackson, but a lot of other preachers in the city yes. that's having feeding and, and clothing drives and uh, things just to help uh, not just the homeless, but people that are just helpless at this moment. This is a, a time, a season coming up where that uh, there's more suicide mm-hmm. between the uh, the November of Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, more suicides then than any other time in the year. That's so true, and doctors don't like you to to talk about that, but yeah. it is is it is true. And now you know my pastor, Father Flager, uh, for Christmas he has uh, we there's a Christmas tree by in the sanctuary, and we fill it all the way up with gifts, and we give it to the homeless, and then we have a dinner, a sit-down dinner for over 500 people, most of whom are homeless. And you know, the growing number of homeless people, guess what, are female veterans. Yeah. That is, that is doubly painful. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it is just sad to know that we have veterans, whether they're male or female, uh, that have fought uh, for our countries and they don't have a place to stay or food to eat. That's the sad part of, of it all. Uh, like I said again, so we just have to do what we can uh, to make sure that we can help uh, where we can. And, and you just said it earlier, it's about showing people love. Yes. You know, that, that's, that's the, the top it off right there, showing love and embracing people in the community. Yes. You know, with that, people will, um, you know, like I said, you can't save all of them. But the ones who want to be saved, the ones you can help. Yeah, it would definitely benefit. And there are some some homeless people. I know this one woman was given a key to uh, a, a place where she had her own room and shower, and she stayed there a couple of weeks, and she gave the key back and went back on the street. 
So there are some people you just can't help. Let's take uh, Reverend Witherspoon on line one. Good afternoon, Reverend Witherspoon. Hi, Reverend Witherspoon. God bless you. How you doing? God bless you. How are you doing today? I'm blessed and high faith. Yeah, we just thank God for the pastor Shalom, Dr. Church, or about Great Harvard. Thank God for outreach for the homeless and want to feed them. That's a great commission. Pastor uh, Rutherspoon, he's nodding his head in the studio. It's greater shallow Baptist yeah. church. It's I'm familiar with the area. Yes, okay. sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, but that, that was about it. Should be nobody at home in Chicago. It's too much money in Chicago. She'll start bad for the people be homeless. Yeah, well, I, I, I agree with you no. on that. I agree with that. As, uh, like I said, and uh, we always say to people that if you want to do anything to help, just stop on by, and we'd be glad to, right, help, right. to help us with anything that you could help us with. Yeah, but I could leave my number. You can call me. But I'll be with the soul in, in that, that mission, the soul of seed in that mission. I'll be more than willing to right, leave my you. number. Thank you. So leave your number with uh, the operator, and they'll, uh, I'll get your number and make sure that I return your call. Yeah, God bless you. Keep the kid work up. Bless you. Thank you. Okay. Um, before we go to our guest, let's take Jim on line four. Good afternoon, Jim. How you guys doing? Good afternoon, Jim. Okay. Good. I'm uh, I'm in Honduras, so if I uh, get cut off here, the signal's not so strong here. You're, um, you're in Honduras? No, Where are you? Yeah, I have a I have a place here. I come here about once a month or so. Okay. Part of my libertarian party. Yeah, the weather's nice. As a matter of fact, this place, if you ever want to come down here sometime with your husband, I'll show you a few things. And you know, A lot of people complain about being poor in the United States. You come here and you're poor, you're really poor. Because they don't have a lot of the social services and a lot of the things that people can fall back on, you know, like they do up in the United States. And this is a lesson that a lot of people really need to understand. A lot of people want to bash the United States. You know, with all these criticisms, but, you know, people live pretty well there, even the so-called poor, because of all those safety programs, safety net, you know, public aid and welfare and Section 8, et cetera, et cetera, which they don't have here. And especially what you'll see, a lot of people are at the stoplights and stuff. People are disabled in wheelchairs and, you know, a lot of crutches or have, like, you know, one leg or something. And they sit there all day, you know, hot, hot, hot sun all day with a cup in their hand trying to get money. And you don't see that much in the United States like you do in places like this. So while there's issues in the United States, a lot of these other countries are much worse than, than we are. And that's why we should appreciate what the blessings of the United States has to offer its citizens. All but, right. you know, you were mentioning before about these homeless veterans, and I agree with you. But see, then, on the other hand, you've got a lot of these big states, these cities and like California, that want to, you know, provide, you know, Medicare benefits for, for illegals and all these other people that aren't citizens and certainly aren't veterans. And so a lot of the resources we could use for veterans are being deflected to people that, you know, shouldn't get them. They should come first. But the Democratic politicians want to do things that basically underserves our own people. Uh, Jim, I don't, I don't think it's so much about uh, what the politicians are doing. Uh, we, we, don't, we don't count. Again? I understand, but we don't count on them. Uh, to do everything. That's why we're doing some of the things that we need to do. And also, uh, right here in the United States, uh, uh, we have people uh, in wheelchairs that sits on corners. We have 
people that sits in the sun all day uh, in the summer that, you know, are homeless and helpless. And so I don't know about Honduria, but I'm just talking about what we're trying to do right here in the United States or right here in our communities. Okay. All right. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for calling. Now, we have on the live line is uh, Reverend Dr. Grace G. Soon, and I hope I pronounced that correctly. Dr. Dr. Kim? Is she there? Dr. Kim? Okay, so <laughs> I don't know what happened to her, but... Uh, Dr. Kim, are Dr. you there? Dr. Kim, are you there? Uh, yes, I'm here. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. All yeah. right. All right. Thank you. Thank you for for being on, on the case. And, uh, you well, thank you so much for you're having welcome. me on. Now, did I say your name right? Ji-Sun uh, Kim? Ji-Sun. Sun Kim. Ji-Sun Kim. Grace Ji-Sun Kim. Ji-Sun Kim. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now, how many books have you written? Oh, I think 17, but two more are coming out. So. Seventeen books. <laughs> one of them books? is uh, <laughs> Reverend Jesse Jackson's book, "Keeping Hope Alive." Right. So right. I've been writing a lot. And so uh, we're going to be talking about "Keeping Hope Alive." That's the latest one, uh, and then you yes. you edited that book, right? Yes. And uh-huh. so, what is and it? What is it about? Okay, so um, it's going to be published by Orbis Books, and it'll be out in January, January 2020. But um, I think early copies will be out before Christmas, so you can pre-order it on Amazon.com. So Reverend Jackson, a very important civil rights leader, not just in the U.S., but around the world. He's preached and uh, given speeches all over the world and in the U.S. for the last 50 years. So this book uh, captures a few of those sermons and speeches that have made such a big impact on our laws, on how we view one another, on how we even understand who God is. So I was able to um, gather a few of these sermons and the speeches and edit them um, in a very coherent way and put it together. So we're very, very excited. This will be the first book of its kind. Reverend Jackson uh, wasn't sure whether he wanted to do this. He didn't know whether it was good enough. He had a very, he had lots of doubts. But now that I have edited it and rewritten them, it's just, it's such a good historical piece of literature. It will help with his legacy. Um, It will just continue on the work uh, that he's been doing for the last 40, 50 years. So we're very, very excited about it. And I just can't wait to see it in print. We have some review copies, uh, which I know you've seen, and uh, but the printed copies will come out in hard cop in a hard copy uh, book, which will be a collector's item, and then it'll go into uh, paperback print. Now, this book is a collection of his sermons, right, or and his speeches. And speeches and uh-huh. his speeches. Yeah. What, what is your favorite one? Oh, I think they're all so good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we well, for the speeches, I think one of them would be the one that he gave in Doha, Qatar. Um, he um, it was an interfaith um, speech. It was an interfaith sorry conference, and it was a speech. And that was when I actually met uh, Reverend Jackson for the first time. So it was at that meeting that I suggested that we work on this project, which was um, I think way back in two thousand one. So this book took about eight, nine years to put together um, because he was okay and then he wasn't 
sure about whether his work was good enough. I assured him it was. I assured him that it's an important part of his legacy, that students, you know, I'm a professor, I teach theology, and for professors, we can't teach someone unless there are books available written by them or of them. So I kept um, pushing him that it's important to have uh, books out there so students can actually read them and study them and critique them. So, um, you know, that's kind of probably one of my favorite ones, and I'm very excited. We also included his two uh, Democratic speeches, 84 and 88. That was a last-minute publisher's decision uh, because it's such a significant piece of um, literature for the world that we um, ended up including them. And I forgot to mention the foreword is written by uh, Reverend Otis uh, Otis Moss, Jr., um, who's a longtime friend of Reverend Jackson. So he wrote a very personal foreword to the book. And there's an afterword uh, written by Dr. Eddie Gloud, Jr., who is a professor at Princeton University. And um, he also wrote a very personal um, afterword. So the book is just so nicely put together. I'm just thrilled. I didn't know um, how it would turn out because it took so long. And, you know, the editing takes a long time, too. But now seeing the finished product um, and reading it through, it is such a delight that I'm able to put this together for him and be part of this kind of um, long tradition of his work in civil rights. And, you know, I'm a Korean-American theologian woman, and, he, you know, I just want also the world to know that he isn't just doing it, doing his work for black people, but for all people. So um, this kind of puts it nicely together. So I'm kind of thrilled about it. And what and what prompted you to do this? Um, I guess everything I do is centered on a book, as you may have noticed. Um, after this one, um, there's another one coming out next summer, so that'll make it 19 books. So whatever I do, you know, I get invited to speak all over the world. In January, uh, when Reverend Jackson does a book launch at the MLK event, oh, I won't be able to be there. I I'm usually there at the MLK event, but I'm speaking in Malaysia. So every time I speak, um, either here in the U.S. or abroad, I'm always thinking of another book or how it could be turned into a book. So that's how I think. I I think, and so when I did meet him, I said, um, "Has there any? Has there ever been a book of collection of your sermons or speeches?" And he said, "No." And I said, "How can that be?" I said, "That's." such an important piece. I said, you've given speeches everywhere, all over the world. Uh, And he just kept saying uh, he doesn't feel they're good enough. And that was a stumbling block, too, because much of his work is an oral tradition. And those who speak, when you translate it into a written text, much of that gets lost. And so for the first few, you know, this has gone through thousands of edits, but the first few edits, it was almost impossible to do because we were so afraid that the oral tradition that he grew up in and that he is still immersed in won't come out strongly on written paper. So that was a huge task to do, to revise these wonderful works that are are very strong when you give them orally, but may fall flat. And that's not just Reverend Jackson's work. It's anybody's work that when you're trying to translate from an oral tradition into the written word, a lot of it gets lost. So um, that was a huge uh, task for me to do. And I'm just glad that finally, after 
thousands of revisions and edits. Uh, I think his powerful message, as you hear them orally, now comes through on a written piece of paper so, uh, or written work now. So do you think you will have it um, in a book where you can listen we're hoping to. Um, I talked to the publisher earlier about that, and he was concerned that Reverend Jackson, because of his Parkinson's, uh, won't be able to do the oral book. But I said, well, I told, I've been in conversation, not, you know, a lot of books are now going um, as an oral book, and they're not always done by the author. They get other uh, special uh, speakers who have a very nice voice to do it. So I'm hoping that either one of his sons or someone else can just do it as an oral book um, because it's such an important piece of tradition and a lot of people like oral books. I, it, it will be in an e-book, but we'll see. And we're also hoping that after the first run that um, it will be translated into different languages because Reverend Jackson has traveled around the whole world. He's been to Korea a couple of times, to India, Africa, you know, South America, Europe, everywhere. So I'm, we're hoping that the book will be translated into as many languages as possible because the, the, the need is out there. People are already very excited about it. Pre-order it online. So those listeners right now, you can pre-order either on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or on the publisher's website. The publisher is Orbis Books. So I'm hoping that people will continue to pre-order it because it is a very exciting uh, gift for Christmas or soon after Christmas gift. Okay. Okay, let's take um, Frank on line two. Hello, can you hear me? Hi, Frank. How you doing? I'm here. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes, we can hear you. How are you? I'm okay, Marcus. Good afternoon. Good to hear your voice and to your guests, your co-hosts. That is. Thank How you. y'all doing? Okay. You know, you know, son, Thank you, um, this is a nation that generates trillions of dollars. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said way back in the 60s, this nation needed guaranteed income to end poverty. Okay. Now, you saying about the uh, homeless vest, which is a shame, like you said, but you know something? There shouldn't be homeless in this nation, period. This is why it's so important for us to understand that we need to vote and get the Republicans out of any position of power. Because when you, we don't come out and vote, but we let them stay in power, you're saying no to universal health care. You're saying no to free state college. You're saying no to a guaranteed income. We haven't even touched that yet. And we can't even get over the hump of universal health care. I think we're going to eventually get that, okay? But homelessness and uh, a, a guaranteed income is not even thought about, even on the table. And this we should be all over right now, okay? Uh, Jesus Christ, uh, Malcolm, Malcolm X, Donald King Jr., and King Solomon, all the day will be considered socialists and be given a bad name. We let the Republican Party turn it into a bad word, and this is wrong, okay? We need to vote and get these people out of power. There shouldn't be homeless, period, in this nation. I agree. Thank you for your call. I I certainly agree. Um, Dr. Kim? Yes? Uh uh, Can you give us a wrap-up and uh, tell us again where to get your book, and will the book also be in schools? Oh, we're hoping that the books will be in schools. I know libraries are already pre-ordering it, so if there are librarians out there, you can pre-order Keeping Hope Alive, Sermons and Speeches of Reverend Jesse Jackson Sr., um, edited by myself, um, Dr. Grace Jason Kim. Um, they are available at the publisher's website. The publisher is Orbis Books, 
and you can pre-order it on Amazon.com or Barnes and Noble, and any other bookstores um, around the world. It has been available for pre-order from um, September, and people are ordering them. The first uh, print will be hardcover, so um, and it's only twenty-five dollars. So for a hardcover book, it's going to be a collector's item, and we're hoping that um, students. Um, in public school, high school, university colleges, and seminaries, will all be reading the books because um, it's such an important part of Reverend Jackson's legacy. It's a historical document, and it'll be um, a living document as people continue to read them and reference them and understand part of Reverend Jackson's uh, civil rights work and movement. Okay. Well, thank you so much uh, for calling in and sharing part of your Sunday with On the Case. Okay, well, thank you so much for having me. Have a great, blessed Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, Reverend, what do you think um, is the answer to homelessness? Uh, You know, I really don't know the answer because, you know, the Bible said, Jesus said that poor shall be with us always. Uh, So I I don't think if there's an answer to ending it, um, but I do know that to start uh, making, uh, to put a dent in it, uh, that we got to start working at it. Uh, and again, there is people that are doing things to help, uh, but we just got to do more uh, and make sure uh, that that's part of our mission uh, is to help the homeless and the helpless. Well, you know, Father Flager said, and uh, I put it out on the Internet, he said that churches can end homelessness in Chicago. If We have a lot of churches, thousands of them, and if one church would adopt one homeless person, there won't be any more homeless people. What do you think about that? Well, uh, again, um, there's a there's a form that you can, uh, I mean, a way that you can adopt one homeless person. Uh, but I want to do more than just one. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though uh, every church might not be able to even help one, but uh, like you said, we got so many churches that maybe two or three churches can come together uh, just to utilize that one. Uh, Sometimes people put a lot of pressure on the church uh, because they see or they think that the church have a lot of finances, uh, which uh, when they get through at the end of the day, they still got to pay the bills so that the heat can still be on so that, you know, you can still do the bills of the church so you can still come back Mm -hmm. so that you can be able to strategize so that you can be able to help uh, the homeless and the needed. Uh, I love Father Flager. Uh, he's a great, great priest, do a lot of great work. Uh, and again, um, sometimes uh, one church uh, cannot even adopt that one, but they can pitch in and help in with somebody else to do something for more than one. Mm-hmm, because they're a smaller church. They're smaller churches, mm-hmm. yes, ma'am. I understand. So um, we, we need to do something. What about if the city would give ministers a stipend to... Or would you like that? I don't know. Uh, I don't think I, uh, for what I do, I don't think I want the city to pay me. Oh, I like that. <laughs> you know, I, I, <laughs> Good uh, I, I enjoy what I do. Uh, You're I a free was, man. Yeah, I'm free, right. and I'm, I was called to preach. Uh, I was selected to pastor, mm-hmm. and so I don't, I don't want the city to pay me for what I do. Now, if they want to give me a building, then they're not paying me. They're just helping the homeless. So I would, I would, I would gladly uh, accept uh, a building so that I would be able to start what that is, what the plan is for the help the homeless. Mm-hmm. And that would be that building next door to you, that right? Door <laughs> That's, to the That's the start. So what is what is the status of that? Well, the status of it is uh, I talked to the owner, 
And uh, like I said, because it's prime uh, uh, land, uh, when I talked to him, uh, he said he threw the figure of $230,000 uh, yeah. toward me. And I, I just looked at him, and the building is standing there doing nothing. Uh, is doing nothing, and so I just uh, wanted him to uh, donate the building. It's sitting there, it's doing nothing, so donate the building and let the building begin to do something. You well, know have you I mean? have you checked to see if he paid taxes yes, on it? Yes, I checked all that. His taxes is paid. Oh, okay. uh, his uh, uh, the building is up to par. There's no tickets on the building. Uh, and we even help him out in the summer. Uh, we clean up around the place so that mm-hmm. he don't get tickets, so uh, that w- our churches don't look bad. So now He wants to get that big money. That's what he want to get. But I'm praying, yeah. I just believe God, uh, mm-hmm. that God will touch his heart, and uh, somebody else will either donate him the $230,000, <laughs> or he'll come back and say May- Maybe Jim will do that. Maybe Jim will do that. Hey, you get uh, back my doors. Huh? Yeah, I appreciate Jim. I listen at y'all show a lot, and I hear Jim on, on every station, and uh, that's why I had no comment to Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so um, to all the listeners out there that's listening to On the Case, if you could um, be a benefit um, to uh, Reverend Lee, that he's in our studio right now, what do you want to say to them, uh, Pastor Lee? Uh, I'd just like to say to them that uh, uh, most of them that, that will be listening in the city area would know me. Uh, you know, they're my, I call, I call them my friend. They let me call them my friend. Uh, and so if there's anything that they can do to help me even to get the building, uh, then uh, just uh, call me, call the church. Uh, can I give the number? Sure can. 773-538-1917. Call the church, leave me a message, uh, and I would return the call. The number again is 773-538-1917. I'll say it again, Pastor, for the ones reaching in their pocket to get their phone out. Yes, 773 773- <laughs> Uh, 538-1917. That's the church, uh, the number at the church. They could call me, and then we can talk about whatever it is that uh, they want to help me do or if they want a suggestion for me or what I need from them, I would do that. Well, maybe you should uh, have a prayer vigil around uh, holding hands all around the building. Uh, We've done that. Uh, mm-hmm. But it don't never hurt to do it again. Yeah. The Bible said a man should always pray and not faint. So uh, that's a that's a process of things that we can do. Uh, uh, then, like I said, I uh, if I can mention, I uh, I do part I do work for a company called Stars and Stripes. Uh, they are, are great uh, sponsors to a lot of stuff that we do at the church. They do uh, you know all type of printing and. Uh, uh, screen printing. That's a veterans organization, isn't no, it? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. This is a private-owned company oh. that, that does uh, screen printing, flyers, papers, mm-hmm. uh, T-shirts, jackets, anything that you would need printed, they do it. Mm-hmm. And so they're great sponsors for as helping in the need of what we need, uh, shirts and jackets and, uh, you know. And it's uh, called, what's the name of the company again, Pastor? Stars and Stripes. Right. And where are they located? It, they're located 7560 uh, bridge in Bridgeview in our 100 place, 7560, 100 place in Bridgeview. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of uh, community organizations as well as churches will take advantage of getting, um, you know, uniformity. Um, yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, uh, I call uh, most of the stuff I sell to pastors, I call it church gear. Church gear. Yeah, so we do <laughs> our shirts and jackets and caps. And matter of fact, the cap I had on the day got my logo on it. Uh, and my towel got my church logo on it. So we, we and they did that. So what the that, that embroidery yeah, on the towel? Yeah, that's embroidery. Are on they the towel. expensive? Uh, well, no, 
Uh, um, you pay for everything. Because that looks good. It, it does look good. good. It's yeah, great work. And uh, it's according to how many you were go- you're going to buy. Uh, if you you know if you, you want to do one, then yeah, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing more than one, uh, then uh, you spread it out over the time. It's not that expensive. Is it African American owned? No, it's not. Okay. No, it's not African American owned. Uh, but if I can say this, they were the only company that would hire me. <laughs> <laughs> they're a supporter, so, right? Uh, they're Very supportive, supportive. Uh, of African American. Right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. So uh, I go to work every day. <laughs> Amen. They're great people, uh, and uh, um, they they have a lot of customers that's African American, and so uh, we we do everything from Teamster gear. It's a union shop. And so, you know, we do anything that people need doing from for from unions down to family reunions. I like the name Stars and Stripes. Yes. So I want to ask you two men, since I'm sure you like sports, what do you think about Colin Kaepernick? Oh, sure. I, I think that Colin deserves a job. Uh, I think he, I would love to see him come to the Chicago Bears. Uh, what? Yeah, I would too. Yes, I would love Compared to see him. Compared to what we him. have currently. Uh, I'd indeed. love to see him come um, because here the, he would, everybody would see what they missed uh, if we got him. He And listen, he could come as a backup and just uh, when somebody get hurt, let him play his first game. And everybody <laughs> would see uh, what he can do. Uh, let's hear uh, Patrick. Let's hear what he has to say. This y'all been attacked for the last three years. Y'all continue to be attacked. We appreciate what y'all do. We appreciate you being here today. We appreciate the work you do for the people and telling the truth. That's what we want in everything. I've been ready for three years. I've been denied for three years. We all know why I came out here and showed it today in front of everybody. We have nothing to hide. So we're waiting for the 32 owners, the 32 teams, Roger Goodell, all of them to stop running. Stop running from the truth. Stop running from the people. We're out here. We're ready to play. We're ready to go anywhere. My agent, Jeff Nally, is ready to talk to any team. I interview with any team at any time. I've been ready. I'm staying ready. And I'll continue to be ready. And to all the people that came out here today to support, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. To the people that aren't here, I'm thinking of you. I appreciate you supporting from where you are. We'll continue to give you updates as we hear. We'll be waiting to hear from Roger Goodell, the NFL, the 32 teams. We'll let you know if we hear from them. Ball's in their court. We're ready to go. So what do you think uh, the NL, NFL should do? Uh, again, I, I, I'd love to see them yeah. uh, here. Yeah, play. I, I would love to see um, Kaepernick back in uniform with a team. You know, he um, stood up against a cause that he truly believed in and gave up you know, a multi-million dollar contract. Yeah. You know, he said, you know, he's, he wasn't going to just put money before what was going on to the people. Cops, you know, hurting, you know, killing innocent um, black men yeah. and women, that is. That's it. So he said to himself, you know what, you, you can't pay me enough. It ain't enough money in the world you can give me to just sit back and be quiet. Now, some of my friends that's playing in the league, they can be quiet. They got their new cars and houses, but you can't do that to me. So that's what Kaepernick, you know, declared. And I appreciate him for that. Uh, standing up, he couldn't be bought. <laughs> I like that. Now, my uh, another question. Uh, Kanye West calls himself the greatest artist that God has ever created at Joel Osteen's service. What do you think about this new uh, religious thing with Kanye West, and should people be following him? Well, you, you know, uh, you can't tell people who to follow. Uh, I, if he's claiming, proclaiming himself as the best ever, uh, then 
you know, that's his, his thing. Uh, I just believe that uh, the word of God can be spreaded uh, by whoever God want to use uh, at that time. Again, I, uh, I'm one of the, from that old school uh, that says uh, the devil use who he want to, God use, or devil use who he can, God use who he want to. And so God can take anybody uh, to bring people to him. That's, and that should be what the focus is, you know, bringing people to Christ. Now, so, but can can Kanye West call himself a Christian and endorse Trump? Again, that's a, a political uh, <laughs> error uh, that I don't know a whole lot about. Uh, I don't I don't endorse Trump. I don't support President Trump. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you saying you can't be bought? I cannot be bought. <laughs> no, but, uh, I cannot be. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't have CDs that I need to get out across the world, across the country. So I don't have to support anybody that can get my uh, music out. I don't have music. <laughs> I just have what God gives me, and that's a blessing of life every day. Mm-hmm. Kent, what about you? I'm just going to add to that oral presentation. That's what you have, Pastor. That's the gift. Presentation, yeah. You know, I, I just think that Kanye West has the um, ability and the notoriety of being in the public and and, the, and able to bring people together mm-hmm. with his performances. Now, as far as trying to preach, now he needs to stay in his lane. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now, now, that's a term that just makes my blood boil. No one has a stay in your lane. That's a sexist. As a, as a sexist. <laughs> yes. You stay you know, in your lane. What you lane know, is that? You know, the, the, the lane that when I, when I seen a little clip, it was just a little clip of what Kanye West did. And he mainly said that he wasn't trying to become a pastor. He just was just bringing music and happiness to the community right. and bringing people together. And that's and, what and he, he is, his talent. And he so did. That, that, that's the lane he stayed in. He did that. what other preachers couldn't do. He well, brought tens of thousands together. Well, that's true. He didn't bring people of all different um, you know, races all together. Right. right. So isn't that a good thing? That's a, that's a great thing. All right. Let's but he take brought, it. he brought him on his name. He It wasn't like yeah. he showed up yesterday and then became Kanye West. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he was already out there. He's already across the world. People are already buying his music. So whatever Kanye do at this point, Somebody's going to follow him. He's going to draw a crowd. If he if he was having a concert next week at uh, Soldier Field, they'd show up to see him, or wherever uh, White Sox Park, they would show up to see him because of his name, uh, not so much of what he's saying. Uh, and then they're going to leave, and fifty percent of them going to criticize him, and the other fifty percent going to say, "I don't know." So again, they were there. Did anybody? My question is: Did anybody get saved while they were listening to him? Yes, that's that's the question. Let's take Tia on line one. Um, Tia on line one. How's everybody doing? Hey, how hey, are you? Hey, Tia, how you doing? Hey, Good afternoon. That's my sister, y'all. This is Tia Banks. How are you? That's my sister. That's your Tia sister. Banks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tia. I was. I'm an avid WBON listener. I listen every day, um, and I just wanted to holler at my brother. I I just happened to have it on in the car today, and and I'm like, Reverend Lee, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings, sir, and I'm um, just I'm I'm a chime off. I just wanted to say hello. Everybody have a blessed day. And you too, Tia. Thank Thank you you for listening. So on the case, Tia. All right. So. Do you think that uh, I know you don't like to talk about politics, but you, I think every pastor has a responsibility yes. to to give advice to their yes. parishioners. 
What do you think about the possibility, and some people are predicting, God forbid, that Trump is going to be reelected in 2020? Uh, if we don't do what we're supposed to do, and that's go to the polls and vote, then yes, he'll be reelected. If we do what we did uh, the two times that we went to the polls for President Barack Obama, then we can do the same thing uh, electing a new president. Now, who will the new president be? is the question. Uh, but, yeah, we can unseat him. The seat he has, is he's not glued to it. So he can be unseated, but we got to do the work. And as Reverend Jesse Jackson always would say, uh, we got to go to the polls. we got to vote. And if we don't vote, then he go right back in again. That's true. That's true. Well, I hope, I hope that those predictions are, are wrong. We, America can't take another four years of this man because he has systematically undone what President Barack Obama did for this country. And it's, it's like focusing in on taking away our rights. Well, Shanta, I guess Pastor Lee um, said it correct. Folks had to stop, you know, criticizing to the point and get out there and vote. You know, simple, just put all the energy to vote. Yeah. That, that's that's the main objective. Yeah. You know, we could talk about Trump all day long, what he's doing, what he has done. But if we don't go out there and vote, you know, it's shame on us. But for whom are we going to vote? We have so many people in the in the in the field right now. And, and the latest one is Patrick uh, Deval Patrick. Um, nice guy. But he's late. He's not nationally known. He doesn't have the infrastructure, the political in- infrastructure to get the the people out, though he's taking um, workers from the the guy who dropped out in Texas. What's his name? Dropped out in Texas. Yeah. Um, I can't think of his name right now. But he's taking his workers, but it's, it's not enough. And he doesn't have the money. Now, Bloomberg is in. Bloomberg is a billionaire, an awful a whole bunch of billionaires' uh, money. <laughs> but... Um, and he's not nationally known either. He doesn't have the name recognition. I guess he has name recognition more so than um, Deval. Yeah, Bloomberg. Patrick, yeah. yeah. He has that I, name recognition. I just think that a lot of people that's jumping in now, uh, uh, they got a lot of money to spend. And so they they don't expect to win, but they expect uh, the Democrat front runner. Uh, to spend all of their money and don't have enough money to succeed in the race. So when you got money that is ne- you're never going to miss, you can get in the race and run for president and lose, and it never hurts you any. But again, uh, it's not the money. It's the foot soldiers, uh, the people that don't mind going to work for a cause and knocking on doors and taking people to the polls if necessary to do that have friends that every year or every election, uh, they're taking people to the polls. You know, they got their vans. They got church vans. They're going getting the seniors, and they're taking them to the polls, and they're voting. And and, and that's what's going to take to win the election, to unseat uh, 45, is to go and not only you vote, but take some people to the polls. Well, you know what Mayor Washington used to tell us, come by 10. Yes. Imagine. And that's what we need to do. Well, you want to give us a wrap-up about um, 
your homeless building. We're going to just pro- declare and proclaim victory for that homeless building. Yes. Well, I thank you so much. And, and, and again, uh, just pray with me that, that the Lord will uh, give us the building, that we'll be able to do the things that he put on our heart uh, to do in the community and uh, that the people in the community, even the churches that uh, have not uh, came forth and wanted to do a lot, will help us to be able to do uh, what it is that we need to do in that community. Kent, any last words? I, I just want to say that um, it's a pleasure having you on the show today, Pastor Thank Lee. You. Thank you. Pleasure being here. As well as you, Shet, as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And don't forget, uh, tell us how they get to